Let me do an audio check. Tampa. <laughs> Tampa. Uh, you realize that I initially, I initially contacted him saying we are canceling his guest appearance because <laughs> I knew he was going to be a. <laughs> Let him bake. Let him bake. <laughs> and uh, and he did not. He did not fail. He didn't fail you. He huh? did not disappoint he my expectations. Ready. He did. <laughs> At least the comfort that I have is that I knew the Eagles' season was over. Did you feel it deep down in your spirit? Once they lost to the Cardinals, I was like, all right, this is not the same team. That's not the same team that showed up the previous 11 games. It's hard to do a selfie. So I don't know who lost to Tampa Bay. It wasn't my team. It wasn't the same Eagles that beat us in the regular season. It wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't competitive. It was was an Eagles team that had just given up. The Bucs have a history of breaking your hearts. Are you expecting that to happen this afternoon? The Bucks are going to win against Detroit. Later that afternoon. Here comes that pressure. Mayfield in the middle. It's intercepted. It's Derek Barnes. It's off to San Francisco for the Lions. Welcome to episode 22 of Black, White, and Blue in the South, a podcast discussing democratic politics with a Southern flair. I'm Bill Kimmler. I'm Jamil Brooks. And we welcome a new voice to our happy little podcast. What is up? Matt Villardebo from York County, y'all. Yay. If you like what you hear in this episode, and we can't imagine why you wouldn't, <laughs> please leave a rating, tell your friends about us, follow us on social media, or better yet, Protect your children from the lewd and crude antics of Bridget Ziegler. You know who she is? Mm-mm, who is she? She is the co-founder of Moms for Liberty Nationwide. You know, those lovely moral crusading Karens who want to strip our schools and libraries from even a whiff of anything that smells like LGBTQ? <laughs> Well, it turns out that Bridget Ziegler has been engaging in a little bit of LGBTQ herself as a recent lawsuit of sexual assault came out against her husband, former Florida State GOP chair, Christian Ziegler. You see, there's a woman who filed a complaint. She attested that she engaged in regular threesomes with the Ziegler's. And apparently there's video out there that proves it. it. So parents, please shield your children's eyes and ears from Moms for Liberty, lest they be indoctrinated into that crazy, perverted world. My goodness. Gotta love it. Isn't that the best? You couldn't write that script any better, but you just know that their closet was so full of skeletons that it was all going to come tumbling out, bones and all. It's like she's stealing thunder from the guy who got caught in the bathroom in Minnesota. (laughs) I don't know that one. So, yeah, there was a Republican senator. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but it's even marked on Google Maps as a check-in spot in the bathroom where the senator got caught in Minneapolis airport trying to pick up guys. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Well, we're off to a good start for this show. You can always drop us a note at Black, White, Blue in the South. Send us your comments, your questions, topic ideas. You can also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and even threads but please do leave a review even if it's just to let us know you're listening because it helps our show grow 
Jamil, mm. we are almost at 1,000 listeners. Did you know that? No, nice. what's our number officially? 959. Okay, I need the rest to come on in and click it and like it and share it. <laughs> Where are you guys? We have a Linktree page that you can connect to to see everything. So look at those show notes where we'll have that and links to all material mentioned in today's episode. Well, hi, Jamil. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt. Hey. Glad to have you down here. I would like to think that my appearance can put you over the top. Okay, great. To a thousand. That's what's going to do I'd like it. to think there's four to five people in York County. Yeah, that's what's going to do it. You're right. You must bring a... Bring a, in the numbers. I saw the <laughs> I saw the mob waiting outside the office for you to arrive. It was, it was like the freaking Beatles and Ed Sullivan, man. I, I see that you bring that, uh, that crowd with you. Oh, we are experiencing the coldest day here in South Carolina. 11 degrees but it's expected to go up to 71 by the end of the week Mm. how do you prepare and dress for that you don't Uh, jamil you're dressed like a snowman i'm trying to (laughs) i'm trying to this is so disrespectful i live in south carolina for a reason i need to file a complaint i don't know who to send it to (laughs) yes you do Well, listen, uh, we're going to get right into our episode today. We have a lot of content to go, so uh, let's kick things off. Sweet. Fired up! Ready to go! Fired up! Ready to go! Fired up! As you know, Jamil and I are running for office. Yes. I for South Carolina House District 13, and Jamil... District 12. But our guest today... Adds to the triumvirate. You are running as well. Tell us about it. Yeah, South Carolina District 26 uh, encompasses Fort Mill, all of the 29715 zip code. So that's just Fort Mill proper, everything east of I-77. Who represents Fort Mill improper? (laughs) David (laughs) O'Neill. Okay. But uh, so Ray Felder has represented that district for soon to be 12 years here. She will be retiring and not seeking re-election at the end of her current term. So far, two Republicans have announced their intent to run. Elizabeth Inns, who's a Moms for Liberty backed, Ralph Norman backed, sort of MAGA Republican type. And then there's David Martin, who is a wealthy, multi-generational Fort Millian, who is a a well-known criminal and uh, personal injury attorney with six offices throughout the state of South Carolina. Well, I, I tell you what, mm. we're going to have to come back to that because mm. that's a, a lot of information you dropped on yeah, us. <laughs> that's a lot. But uh, I've got some notes there on both of your candidates, but I also want to make sure we talk about you in addition to your opponents. But before we get there, we want to get you caught up on what's happening in my world and Jamil's world. We've actually had a very busy week yeah. I mean, I'm I'm whooped. There isn't a yeah. day that goes by that we're not firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong, but do you want to announce a new website? Go oh ahead. my gosh! So everyone, you need to stop what you're doing and go check out Jamil for SC. Dot com. That is the official campaign website that has been, I will say, masterfully developed. It's by beautiful. A guru. It's beautiful. Yes. He did an awesome job. It makes mine look like utter crap by comparison. Stop it. <laughs> One thing, I'll, I'll confess this, and, and Matt, I don't know if it's the same with you as you ran. Now, you and I both ran in 2022. Correct. But I get very competitive. Okay. And I see what other people are doing. Yeah. And I know I do some things well, but when I see when somebody else does well, yeah. I feel two things. I feel like, good for you. Wonderful. <laughs> great website. At the same time, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Yes. I, you set the standard. And this is why I love 
that you and I are running together. We're talking about yeah. it. And we're not running on the same ticket, but yeah. we're coordinating some things. But you push me in certain areas that oh, I normally wow. am not pushed myself. I think we're pushing each other. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Where do I push you? Everywhere, Bill. Because you know that I would be quiet, reserved, just low key. But you would definitely pull me and call me on my game. And that's appreciative. So, Well, I, I tell you what, that website that you got pulled yeah. out, man. Oh, my goodness. When he showed it to me, I thought, okay, I think I'm going to be emotional. And I said to him, oh, my God, I look like I'm actually running for office. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, Jamil, you are. <laughs> yeah, he did an awesome job. So My, my website still, still looks like it was created back in the Netscape <laughs> days of 1997. Yeah, you know, mine is still the basic GoDaddy website. Actually, I don't think needs, yours is up, Matt. It is. I, I tried to Matt click V4SC, the well, I went four. to your Facebook page and I clicked on your link. And then Bill it just is always clicking, out. Matt. He's always clicking, which I appreciate too. I'm so glad that you click happy because because you are click happy, you find <laughs> every one of my links that's not working. Yeah, yeah. No broken link goes undetected <laughs> yeah, by me. Yeah, I like it. Except if it's my own. No. If, like I can't double check my own stuff. <laughs> really? I can find flaws in everybody else's yeah. goods, but my own, forget it. I have a blind spot. Uh, especially when it comes to typos and stuff. I can construct yeah. a masterfully written paragraph, read it a hundred times, think it's perfect. Yeah. And then somebody finds a typo. Usually it's my wife yeah. who's laughing at me. Are you she- <laughs> but she finds the, the the five misspellings in there that I swear were not there that when I had That normal post. to you. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Because your brain knows what you were trying to say. Exactly. And your brain corrects it automatically. Exactly. So you don't see it. Yeah. There was another big thing that we did last week. We had uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day last uh, Monday or a couple Mondays back. And you and I were all about town giving speeches. Yeah. The first one was the Sunday before at Macedonia Baptist Church, and we were very lucky to be invited to speak. This was a packed church wall-to-wall with some great citizens of the city. Yeah. And I would imagine maybe 150 or so were there. And we get there, and we were told that we were going to be able to give a few words to the audience. (laughs) But what surprised us when we actually looked at the program? What did we notice? Two minutes. Two minutes. Now, I don't know about you, but I had prepped for 15 Ooh. And it was not a boring, long, drawn-out 15. It was a good, solid 15 that yeah. maybe I could have cut down to 12. <laughs> but then we look at the program, and it was like, please keep things to two minutes. And there was a timer. There was. The, the lady that kind of was the MC of the yeah, whole program. Yeah, the ceremony, yeah. This was a two-and-a-half-hour-long program. Another thing I did not expect. Did, tr- did she have the, the, the giving testimony in Columbia air horn? No. No, 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 no. No, this wasn't the air horn. She didn't. Oh, God. It was a gentle bell that you heard in the background. Mm -hmm. It was a polite bell, wasn't it? Right. Just a little ting, ting, ting. So I remember I grabbed the microphone, I stood up, and I go, "Uh, hello, my name is Bill Kimler, and then the bell went off. No, it (laughs) It did. (laughs) That's as far as I got. What were your impressions of that event? Oh, you know, it's just always great to be surrounded by people in that nature. And so I felt like they were all open and welcoming and wanting different, you know, and wanting more. So I I thought it was really nice. It was a good mix. I I will observe at this event, I almost wanted to get up to the microphone and go, where's the white people at? Yeah. Because it (laughs) was African-American wall to wall. There were a few, but you know, you look back at the days of Martin Luther King Jr. and the marches across the bridge and it was solidly mixed all over arm in arm from all races, creeds and colors joining for a cause. But I feel like that mixture is somewhat fell by the wayside here in I 2024. Agree. I agree. And that's something that we can't have. So, you you know, you got to tap all your white friends and say, hey, if this is important to me, I should see you here. And we cannot forget that 
when there is an image captured via film or recording and there is diversity there, it sends a message for everyone to see that this is truly like one band, one sound. We're working for the same cause and each race is supporting the other race, which is important. Now, this wasn't my church and I was a bundle of nerves because truly it was my first campaign talk of the year. Now, I don't count what I do with the Democratic Party because yeah. I look out of that audience. I know all their names and they're all friends. So it's just like home. But this was a bunch of strangers. So I was yeah. a bundle of nerves. So then when it came time for me to speak, I stood up and then you grabbed me and pulled me back down because it wasn't my turn to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped the program for the uh, the councilwoman. It was her turn to speak yeah. and I almost knocked her over <laughs> in a race to the microphone. <laughs> but I, I don't know that that was remembered by anybody but no. me. Um, yeah. But then I also remember uh, James Thompson, the okay. uh, the president of the NAACP. He went up there and broke the microphone. He did. He, he did. right off the stand. And then handed it to me. So it means next. And I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> So that was fun. Yeah. But I think the highlight was the following day. There was a Martin Luther King Jr. march here in Greenwood. Run. Started. What's that? It should say run. I feel like we were talking. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> uh, there was supposed to have been a march yeah. from the courthouse to Morris Chapel Baptist Church about a mile. Yeah. But it was a trot. It was. It was a trot. And we were I th- moving. I think it was because everybody was cold yeah. that the lead car stepped on the gas. It was doing about <laughs> 25, 30. And we're just you know scooting as fast as we can. Yeah. So we, we make it. To Morris Chapel, we are all out of breath and sweaty and, and you know huffing and puffing. But then we got a chance to truly breathe with our speeches. Yeah, and you gave a masterful speech. I oh, was just so you. impressed. Thank you. And I was really enjoying mine as well. I actually have a clip of yours if I could play it. Oh my gosh! I know you hate listening to yourself. You know this, which Here is we why go. I'm going to play it. So here's a, a minute and a half of your speech, and then I'll do a minute and a half of mine. Okay, only fair. The work of Dr. King and those that support and follow him created a pathway that many of us have in our bag. So do me a favor, if you got a pocket or a bag, put your hand in, look in, literally look in. You don't have to take anything out, I just want you to look in and be aware that you carry it with you everywhere you go. Keep in mind, what I'm about to tell you all is some things that you need to make sure you know is in your bag. That's what we always, we got a hashtag, it's in my bag. I'm working on my bag, I stay in my bag. Yeah. Now let's bring it to, re- let's make it relevant. What should you have in your bag? You got it, but I'm hopefully by the end of this speech today, you'll remember that it's there. What Dr. King gave, the foundation that he laid, created pathways for us to have a house, or two, or three. Drive a car, some of us are two, or three. You can wear nice clothes, you could uh, enjoy all the luxuries of life, but it wasn't easy. That's the tangible part of the dream. We need to focus on the intangible part of the dream. And I encourage us to do that because the moment that you take your eyes off of what is tangible and start to focus on the intangible, it helps you renew your strength. There will be days when you may not have the house you want, but don't lose sight of why you're here. So take your eyes off the tangible and focus on the intangible. Now, that was just a minute and a half of 12 minutes. That was kind of deep. I like the tangible versus the intangible. If you heard somebody else say that, you'd be like, amen. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the the audience was truly responding to you. I don't know if you could tell, because when you're in the moment, you're really not focusing. Yeah, yeah. But they were, I was looking around. Okay. They were responding to you. Good deal, good deal. And the fact that you wrote your speech with a theme, so that in the bag, you revisited that term over and over and over throughout those 12 minutes. That's a teaching technique. 
that's what connects the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, teaching techniques. You'll see it throughout pretty much every time I'm up and I'm speaking. Um, we have to give it to you, give it to you again, and give it to you one more time. So that's what you see. I also had a speech, and I came with a theme, too, that mm-hmm. I revisited over and over. You did. And it was the theme about history. So before you play, go ahead. I have to say that your speech was truly almost like if we were looking for something to spark it, you did a good job with setting the tone to spark oh, it and no get the kidding. people ready to go. Yeah, well, thank it you. was right on point, and everyone truly connected to it. Good job, Bill. I couldn't tell from looking. You couldn't? I couldn't tell. Oh, they did. That's awesome. And you got a standing O? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah, did yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. You no, did no, good. That I saw, and I, th- I, I thought they were being very polite and nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> your speech was full Cause, of... Because you got the O before me, and if, if nobody gave me an O, man, I just would have walked out there in shame, <laughs> hung it up. So here's my minute and a half okay. uh, that kicked my speech off. That's the mythology of American history. History is a funny thing. We say we know history impacts us today, but we say it in a sort of, kind of feel it way. But the truth is, history's right behind you. History's breathing down your neck. History's controlling your actions today, whether you know it or not. I learned a little bit of my history just this past weekend. See, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I've lived as a kid in Illinois and Virginia. I grew up in New Jersey. I raised a family in upstate New York. I came to South Carolina 10 years ago because I fell in love with a woman who was born and raised right here in Greenwood. That's my history. But then I learned something, doing a little bit of searching online, and I found that my great-grandfather, William Clyde Kimler, the first, by the way, I'm a fourth, so I share his name. The first, I saw his draft card, his World War I draft card that he signed when he was living at 71 Liberty Street in Charleston, South Carolina. I learned just this past Saturday that my grandfather, William Clyde Kimler Jr., was born in Greenville, South Carolina. I had no idea my family roots were right here in South Carolina. It gives me goosebumps to this day. History is right behind me, breathing down my neck, and I didn't even know it. So that's, that's my so cool. speech. That's so cool. I still get goosebumps thinking that's about so that. Cool. How did I make it through 52 years of life and not know not either of those? And literally history is breathing down your neck. It is. Stop it. Okay. That's <laughs> cool. talking to history. <laughs> like now it's just history is getting annoying. Matt, what are your roots? So I'm adopted, and uh, I, about, what, five, six years ago, I made contact with my biological mother and and half-brother. So I took an ancestry DNA test, and like a year after that, and what ended up being my aunt contacted me. Wow. And the rest is history from there. Fascinating. That is so awesome. But I'm I'm almost like a split down the middle Irish and Scandinavian. My ancestors were the Vikings that showed up in Ireland. Yeah, you don't look it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this guy. You put a fur coat on him and some horns. He looks like he could, you know, be right there in the middle of the Viking uh, raids. And on my uh, bio mom's side, they found that they were were like indentured servants uh, serving out like criminal sentence. They would send criminals over from Ireland and England to like finish their sentence in indentured servitude in Georgia and places like that. So that's where like the first little beginnings of her family were. Okay. That is interesting. The other thing that I wanted to bring up about what's happened in our campaigns is that you had another speaking engagement oh, just the other yeah. day in McCormick. Tell us about that. So I'm still in awe 
So someone asked me, like, you're not freaking out about this. And I'm thinking, like, it just hasn't hit me yet. But I had the opportunity to speak in McCormick for the first in the nation stop. So I drive into the parking lot and there's the bus or the van. And I automatically go, oh, crap. This is really happening. So this is the South Carolina Democratic Party is putting a lot of effort yeah. in going all over the state to promote the primary, Correct. the presidential primary that's on February 3rd, and one of their stops was in McCormick. And Correct. you were a featured speaker. I was. Amazing. Which is kind of cool. And this time it wasn't, I'll tell you what a friend said, this time it wasn't um, put it in your bag. This time it was plant a seed. Yeah, so I gave her advice and I said, that that in the bag is a great speech. You should give it. Yeah. So I sit down to listen to the in the bag speech and you <laughs> threw that out. My, my advice means nothing to it did, but because we're the first, it's important to understand like the power of being the first. I, I'm impressed that you whipped up another as strong speech oh, as good. you did. Thank so you. even that seed speech, all the speakers afterwards kept coming back to With it. With the seed. So you know you hit on, on a oh, proper set the note. tone. I, I like it. I planted it, wasn't it? And I did not think that was going to happen, but I thought that was so cool. Everyone said it. So what was this I heard about international media being present at that event? Okay, so he was literally from France, which is like mind-boggling to me. And it's I might be pronouncing it wrong, but it's... Um, no, France uh, is correct. You, no, no, the, you said that right. The, <laughs> the, company, the publishing company uh-huh. is RT or Arte. It's A-R-T-E. And I'm sure there's a um, an accent over something. But um, he was there and it was just so surreal. Now, I don't know if McCormick had local representatives there that was from the media, but this guy was from France. So literally your speech, photos of you, even maybe even some quotes are going to be somewhere published in French media. Yes. And that's if, incredible. If our listeners can see my face now, you could I don't know if it's concern or excitement, you know, but it's interesting. So I wonder how many votes that's going to get you. Probably none in uh. France, you know. Hey. So <laughs> might be some expats over there. Maybe so. Maybe. <laughs> but it was fun. I would say um, at least seventy-five to eighty people were in attendance. Yeah, packed that place. Yeah, you know what I thought was important. We owe it to Democrats in South Carolina to restate one key statement. Now there was a lot of great stuff that was said from that event, but the most important thing was don't miss this February the third opportunity. Every Democrat should vote in the Democrat primary. Don't switch it and try to do what some people have done in the past, and I call it playing chess and not checkers, and end up swinging and waiting and voting in the Republican primary. If you are a Democrat and you are fighting to maintain what we know as democracy, your hiney needs to vote in the February 3rd primary. That's my new shirt. We come up with the shirt every day. Your hiney needs to vote. That's the shirt. That is correct. Yeah. I I hear that like rhetoric of they're almost like trying to play chess with who they want to be the Republican nominee. And I'm like, just vote for what you know. Yes. Go vote for our guy and get this taken care of. We can't play with it. Where I'm running for state rep, we've got people virtue signaling that now. You know, oh, well, I'm going to go vote for this attorney guy because he's not the crazy Moms for Liberty candidate. Yeah. So that we can at least, if Matt loses, we have this other, you know, Republican that'll smile at me with a lawyer's smile as he takes my freedoms away. Oh, this, oh wow. This yeah. chess, yeah. chess game, you're right. It never works out. And it's not just Democrats wanting to play chess. We've seen Republicans oh, do yeah. it in the 2020 presidential primary. You look and you find thousands of Republicans jumped in on the Democratic presidential primary in something they called Operation Chaos. (laughs) And what did they want? They wanted to vote for 
Bernie Sanders because mm-hmm. they figured Donald Trump would have an easier time beating Bernie yeah. and, and weaken the leader. And as we know, Biden won that in a landslide. So it doesn't pay off. And if you think that you're going to save the world by voting against Donald Trump in the Republican primary, yeah. trust me, he's got South Carolina so in the bag, you're not making a dent. And another thing that, you know, I, li- I love comparisons when you have the facts to back them up. And another thing that was said for those that did not have that opportunity to attend was that there is no on the Republican ticket lesser of two evils. Correct. You you just got two evil people that's, <laughs> that's running right. well, to and you're run still the land voting of the free for and home. evil. Yeah. Either way you go. <laughs> so don't get confused thinking like, oh my goodness, if I vote for um, Haley, that that's a better candidate. It's not. That's right. So let's turn our attention to our guest here. So we've talked enough about our campaigns. I want to hear more about Matt Villardibus campaign. But before we hit your current run, let's talk about your 2022 run. That's where I got to meet you. We attended various events together. We've spoken together and, and uh, developed a, a light friendship. You know, we chat with each other from time to time. We've called each other from time to time. So uh, tell me about that first run and what inspired you as just kind of a, a guy who works for a living, who is uh, raising a family says, you know what, I'm going to get myself involved. So I ran for uh, town council previous. So that wasn't your first attempt to run for office. Correct. I ran in 2021, and I was really inspired by that work, and I saw sort of the bigger picture out before me, so I thought I would make a great candidate to run for that state house seat. I've always felt compelled to want to like put in to the world for what I've taken out. I, f- I feel that, you know, service to mankind in general is integral to living like a full happy life. So it was just like, to me, like a natural process to do these things. So I sign up and run. Um, it was quite an experience for sure. I came out of it sort of with this feeling that Man, I think, you know, with a few more years of trying to sort of chip at the stone, you know, we might be able to make some headway here. Let me tell you what I remember. The one thing I'll remember about Matt's campaign against that candidate, first of all, I think she just completely ignored your existence. Yes. Right. Pretended you weren't there. But you posted something on Facebook once that stuck with me. Uh, one of your opponent's yard signs fell down <laughs> or, or got, you know, torn or something. You made the effort to to repair it. What was that? It was a little bit of a backhanded sort of Matt thing. I liked provoking her because my thought was if I provoke her, she'll want to do a debate or a candidate forum or I can like get her to discuss the issues or like her plans. It was me being, you know, kind and repairing her sign because we all deserve to play on a level playing field. And it was also, you know, an attempt to slide in words like feeble and flaccid as I described what I was seeing with her sign flapping in the wind. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what I remember um, that. It was well received by her because it's funny. I ran into her later that day, actually, at the... The Charlotte Symphony was playing at our local Greenway, and her and I are both really involved at that Greenway, and she was there, and we were talking in the parking lot. She's like, thank you for putting back up my sign. (laughs) Like, you're welcome, Ray. You're welcome. How about that? (laughs) So obviously, the election didn't turn out the way you hoped, and same, same for me. And then you made an announcement that you were retiring from the world of politics. Talk about that. So I had a lot of like physical problems and a really bad neck condition coming out of that. And uh, 
I have a bad issue with throwing myself straight at the wall instead of like coming to a stop before it. So I was kind of in... I'm trying to see if you're talking metaphorical or literal. (laughs) Coming out of that, I started like Christmas toy drive. I just like loaded myself up with more work after I lost that election. And I really wanted to like keep Democrats excited and energized throughout the state. It was just more than I could handle. And um, so I had to just kind of withdraw myself and say, you know, I can't keep on, get a lot of questions, a lot of pressure. And I just had to say, I'm stepping back. So then I just kind of focused on trying to mentor people. I even taught a class on how to like get your campaign up and running. He did. I want to credit him with that. He, on his own initiative, decided to take things he learned from that campaign and offer a class of wisdom to anybody who might be interested in running for office and Matt was just going to impart what he learned from experience. Mm -hmm. But then the York County Democrats stepped in and criticized you for that, no? Oh, I remember that. I remember that. So it was a pretty big scolding over that. I was told I was stepping over the line. That's their job. And my point was I just don't see that sort of activity and this is a great way to like empower people with direct knowledge from somebody who's recently run that seems to be liked and respected in the community. So um, I went forward with it. I did it one time and I decided to just kind of back off more. At that point, I was like, I think I'm going to run for office and I need to make sure that I'm being more focused on that effort. I never want to be antagonistic with my county party or anybody. I want to like unite Democrats and bring us all together. So I really kind of took my foot off the pedal on a lot of things like that. It hurts me to do it, and I feel like this isn't the way I want to go. But I need to demonstrate that, you know, sometimes you got to sacrifice. And uh, when greatness calls upon you, it's, you know, like Picard said, it's really at a time of your convenience. So That would be Jean-Luc Picard, <laughs> captain of the USS Enterprise from Star Trek The Next Generation. Just had to put that footnote in there for the majority of listeners who didn't know that. But, you know, you and I, brother, we know, yep. we know that stuff. But, but my neck got better. I got a series of injections into my neck, which have made life a lot easier. It went from where I couldn't literally look left and right oh, I've to... Wow. Or up or down to now I can look up and down and left and right and left to like do the Michael Keaton Batman upper body turn to look and see things. Matt is absolutely on point where he said that even after his decision, he still wanted to keep the spirit alive, the, yeah. the discussion of the issues of the day. He didn't stop talking. So credit to you, because too many candidates I saw, first-time yeah. candidates, Disappeared. just dropped off the face of the earth and went quiet. I want to play... One of your TikTok videos, as a matter of fact, oh this one stuck with me. <laughs> so I want you to hear what Matt can get passionate about and how he is unfiltered when it comes to sharing that passion online, which I truly appreciate. Yeah. Okay. Let's put all the like politics aside and like trying to be this or that to win votes. We got to do something about the way we do things in this world, in this country. I mean, it's all interconnected. Teachers are always under pressure. So now we're actually going to consider arming them? Oh my God. It's like infuriating to me to see what people are suggesting. Elected officials. People are putting these people in office, yet the the numbers say uh, we don't want this garbage. Why do we keep electing these fools, right? So here's a challenge for everybody. If you got some real courage and you want to see some real change and you're willing to do the work... Quit voting for the same people. 
you know, when you look around at your town and see how run down it is, don't vote for people who sat on the same planning board who ruined your freaking town to be on the town council. What is going on? We can't continue to elect fools, all right? And I'm saying it. I'm no fool, all right? My opponent is a fool, and I'm looking to replace her and get her out of office. This is ridiculous, people. Let's move this state and this country forward and quit electing regressives. We're not even stagnating. We're moving backwards. Stop this. Support our teachers. Support the people who make us the great country we are. We would never be where we're at without public education. And we're trying to dismantle it? Get out of here. Get your act together and let's do something. <laughs> I love it. I love the passion. The words are right on. You should have no regrets for that at all. Yeah, I mean, Bill's heard me say it and Bill himself says it. The state has been run near totalitarian hegemonic control by the Republicans for two decades now. And every year they go out and get nothing done to make life better in this state for everybody. Correct. So, and that, you know, I think that probably happened sometime after Uvalde and when everybody's yes. great idea was let's, you know, my wife is a, a public school teacher and has been a public school teacher for over 20 years. Mm. She is that teacher. She's mm. a two-time teacher of the year award wow. nominee. Bless her. Uh, yes. Students of hers have grown up and written books and dedicated them to her. Wow. So she is that teacher. There's a lot she would do. She would probably step in front of a bullet for those kids, but she's not going to take up arms. Oh, no. The gun stuff always cracks me up because I've had I've spent a lot of time in the Middle East, so they give you like security training, and it's a little more different than you probably get in the shooter drills in the schools. Okay. It, it takes some steely nerves to grab a gun and engage in small arms gunfights and there's cramped quarters with somebody. Yeah. Typically, your response to gunfire is fear yeah. and like wanting to hide. I. I was caught in the middle of a shootout in my 20s down in Tampa, and I hid behind a light pole. You know, I was 10 times bigger than because I was so scared. I was, yeah. I mean, I could literally hear the bullets whizzing by me. Yeah. Pause right there. This is the second guest we've had in a row that's been in a gunfight. Sally talked about it. She had a school shooting oh, when she yeah. was a teacher. Oh, don't and, take me there. And she was yeah. hiding first graders in her classroom. She testified to that. Yeah. That just tells you about the state of our country where yeah. the majority of guests that we've had on our show have been involved in firefights. That should not be the norm. And, and I've been robbed at gunpoint twice. One of the robberies, I got pistol whipped. Oh, so. my goodness. Why do you leave the house, Matt? Apparently, you're very <laughs> This unlucky. was all in Tampa. Uh, <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, uh, so far in South Carolina, I don't even think somebody's like gone through my car in the driveway that my kids <laughs> leave unlocked. I've got another clip of yours, Matt, that I want to play. Oh, man. This is a short one. Okay. I'll take as much credit. I'll take even more credit for it than I deserve to. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I worked hard on it. <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. My doppelganger. Of course, I'm kidding. I'm playing the great Seth Rogen, uh, to whom vocally you have an uncanny resemblance. And physically. I, uh, I'll get people that ask me if I'm related to him. No, you're much better looking. Don't, don't short And I'm older. I mean, he, he looks like Matt Villardebo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but seriously, coming back to you, to you, you talk about you work in the Middle East. What is it that brings you out there? What is your career? So I work as an engineer in the field of uh, reliability engineering. I, I, I use knowledge I have built over a 30-year career to diagnose perspective problems with machines before they break or what we call fail. 
So what kind of machines are we talking about? Um, large motor-driven equipment, pumps, mills, power plants. I've worked in some of the most dangerous, toxic environments on this earth to get to where I'm at today. Now I enjoy- you haven't been at a rural school in South Carolina. <laughs> That's true. But I have been to a battery recycling plant in Florence. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been to paper mills and yep, power plants. The paper and mills up in the Fort Mill area. So um, now I work with the Department of Defense, and my current assignment has me working at Walter Reed. Um, it's a great assignment being at a hospital where I'm helping to contribute to our nation's military the way I do in a direct sort of manner. The way I approach life professionally is the way I approach politics. So I don't look at applying formulas that political types apply. I kind of look at things from a Lean Six Sigma point of view or from a root cause analysis, and I employ things like defect elimination and continuous improvement to how I run a campaign. And that was a process I really went through from the loss in 22 to now is I did an RCA on that root cause analysis. And, you know, I found where I need to make those changes and the things that need to happen to make this campaign in 2024 more significant and be a real chance of winning. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about needing diversity in our state representation. Mm -hmm. And you listen to Matt and and you realize diversity isn't just about meeting quotas of gender and race. It's diversity of experience, diversity of skill sets, diversity of opinions. What we have in our legislature now is majority lawyers. The rest are wealthy businessmen. uh, And then there's some a few working folk that are there that are trying to make ends meet. But truly, it is not representative of the state as as a whole. Do you think there's anybody with Matt Villardo's skills and his experience in the business place like that with that uh, Six Sigma stuff? Man, that's what we need. No. And and I'm going to say this, too. That's a very valid point for Matt. But that's also what I tell you about your technological background. Like there's no way that our state house should not have somebody as strong as you are on that aspect because it helps us build the other plans. And that's the same way with Matt. What each individual brings to the House or the Senate adds value to it. But if we all lawyers and we try to handle bills that are non-law based, we're operating outside of our scope and we're going to do it wrong every time. Exactly. And I mean, another problem with this state is a lot of these folks that are in Columbia representing the people are generationally wealthy. Like they've never known what it's like to enter into a marriage and have children at a young age like Bill did. Yeah. Um, they don't know what it's like to work your way through your education like I did. Yeah. I mean, I was 25 by the time I went and enrolled to get my bachelor's degree. Yeah. I have a master's in MBA that I got the old-fashioned way that I earned it. I'm proud of these things. I've graduated with those degrees without a ton of, without any college debt. Oh, that's awesome. These folks who were just, you know, born into the right last name and gifted a bank account on a silver platform or mom and dad's company, they don't look at 10 counties in the state of South Carolina without an OBGYN and go, what is going on around here? We are risking people's lives. Mm. So Matt, coming back to your political journey, you took on some other initiatives after your first election and you had publicly announced, listen, I think I'm done with this part of my life. We're going to find some new things for me to do. But then there was a surprise announcement. Correct. When and what was that? So I became privy to the coming announcement of Ray's retirement sometime in March of 2023, and it really picked up steam after the summer. In March, when I found out, I sat down with my wife 
and my children and said, listen, I know I said I'm done with this, but this is the opportunity. Ray's going, two new people are going to be stepping up. And this is a great opportunity for me to use my momentum, the goodwill, the, all the things I've done around here, and to actually win an election. You know, I have the blessing of several elected Democrats and Nick Sotilli, and all these people really think it's a good idea that I pursue this. So the wife just said, listen, you need a campaign manager or a campaign assistant, somebody to help you run the day-to-day -day stuff and deal with the sort of minutia you got bogged down in and that really sapped you of your energy and go ahead. So we secured all that and I kind of sat on in any formal announcement until Ray actually made her formal announcement in December. And so what do you mean by you secured all that? Who have you secured? <laughs> so my buddy Barrett Gruber, who runs the All About Nothing podcast, <laughs> is going to be working side by side with me from day one till election victory night. And I'm hoping I've asked Austin Jackson to help. I think he's going to jump on board. Um, he's a young man who was the former president of the Young Democrats of South Carolina. Oh, awesome. Um, worked for several uh, federal, state, and local campaigns. He knows what he's doing. He can be of great benefit, especially with like helping to get those turfs dialed in for canvassing. And yeah. Sounds like you had the same enlightenment that I did. Uh, you and I kind of were both lone wolves last time. We yes. did it all ourselves. And for what we did, we did good. But you just can't this time around. You got wiser. Yeah. And I mean, I, did, I literally did it all. Designed everything. Uh, I mean, I was a Canva machine. Yes. <laughs> um, I sucked at phone calls. I should have been on the phone a lot more than I was. Yeah. Um, and I need somebody to like hold me to that. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the show The Wire. Yeah. But um, there's a scene where Carsetti, the the guy running for mayor, is you know forced into a small office for phone calls, and he's just like going bat s crazy yeah. behind that door, <laughs> not making phone calls. So, um, so you know that's kind of the way things unfolded. You got to be careful about what you say, when you say it, and yeah. how you do things. It's important to get things in order. Um, I'm a part of our local Rotary Club now. I've done some things within the town to really establish myself as, you know, when I go out and about, people want to come talk to me, tell me, you know, I hear a lot of good feedback. I don't usually get harangued or harassed by Republicans or people who don't support me. I usually get a lot of, man, I love what you have to say. You seem like a great common sense guy. You're not, you know, out there in left field. We've heard a little bit about your viewpoints on some things. We've touched upon it throughout the conversation. But if you were to come out with your campaign with three key platform points, what are your top three? So for right now, it's pending, you know, town halls and interactions with the voters, education, a woman's right to health care, and infrastructure in this state. Mm. And infrastructure isn't just roads. That's like every week, it seems, in Fort Mill alone, we have a water main break. Mm. Things like that. What we need to maintain the state is crumbling around us. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Those are good points. That's good. So let's talk a little bit about your opponents then. You seem very fired up about the, <laughs> the two Republican candidates that have announced. Let's first talk about Elizabeth Enns. Tell me what you know about her. 
So she is Dr. Elizabeth Enns. I believe her doctorate is in divinity or theology. She is pastor of the Antioch International Church in Fort Mill. She used to live in Rock Hill previously as of last year. She ran for state house previously against Brandon Guffey. I believe that was SC46. Um, those two had a heated primary, which he obviously won as he's the serving state house rep for that district. But uh, it went to a runoff and everything. Word is she spent about 90000 dollars in that losing effort my god of her personal wealth mm. so that's elizabeth she puts out a lot of books um there was something else i learned about her she is the founder of this group called patriotic students of america it is one of the it's a disturbing sight <laughs> When you go visit it, I'll I'll read a quote from there about their purpose. These student-led clubs help educate and inspire the next generation of Americans to love, serve, and defend our history, freedoms, and founding principles, as well as the character and hope that define our glorious future. Future capitalized. So, what does that sound like? Trouble. Um, (laughs) So... You know, when it, and I know we say this all the time, founding principles, but when I hear founding principles, every part or every antenna that I possess go up. Yes. Because to me, that sounds like regression, yeah, not that's, progression. Like yeah, we, that's we, code got, for... Yeah, that's code for let's round them I up. I liked it better when they knew their place. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we, we've, yes. Got, yes. we've got Boy Scouts. We've got Girl Scouts. We've got other well-established organizations to serve the youth and, and make them well-rounded citizens and, yes. and learn Absolutely. all these things. But when I, I hear this patriotic students of America, uh-uh. the word indoctrination uh-uh. flashes Heck across yeah. my mind. So like something about Elizabeth, and y'all may never have heard of this, and if you haven't, I encourage you to learn some more. She is big into Christian dominionism. Yes. So she wants to control the seven pillars, and this is... Are you, first of all, hold on. I see your eyes falling out of your head. Have you heard of this yet? This is getting scary. I have not. So right. this uh, is Matt, I'm going to actually have you pause because okay. th- that's going to be an entire episode. <laughs> yeah. We're going to explore that so, because our Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C., Mike Johnson, he's big into Christian dominionism as okay. well. And there's a whole history there that you need to know about. So words matter to me. And so I automatically separated and broke down each word to go by their meanings. And putting those two words together to describe anything is quite terrifying. Yeah, so we're Matt, maybe we'll have you back even oh, as a remote Lord. call in because that is a topic that that needs a full half hour. Or yeah, more I've read a few books it. on it. Back when I was younger, I was like big into like exposing that, and then I realized I was kind of coming off as a tinfoil so hat guy. So that's potential opponent number one. <laughs> yes, and who else has been drawn to the to the race? David Martin. Um, David Martin is. Uh, Local attorney. His dad was an attorney. He was born and raised in Fort Mill, went to Fort Mill High School, uh, went off to college, came right on back and uh, took over dad's law firm and grew it to what it is now. It's got six offices around the state. He does criminal defense and as well as uh, personal injury, which are very lucrative. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I mean, that's what we absolutely need. We need a lawyer in the state house. That's um, what we're we're suffering from a lack of, right? And just to backtrack on Elizabeth a little bit, I've met Elizabeth and David personally, very nice people engaging, eye contact, smooth as silk, both of them. And I'm sure they feel the same way about me. I'm sure they don't. Um, <laughs> but 
<laughs> David is, you know, he is a Republican through and through, a conservative Republican. I mean, I got a quote I can read you where he says he wants to focus on strengthening our law enforcement, which in a state we're so deep in the weeds with our crime statistics. I don't know what that means. Um, and then he also mentions strengthening and supporting parental rights in schools, which is Moms for Liberty talk. That's exactly what that um, is. We're going to come back to that group in a minute. Somebody he's a, he's sort of mentored by is Senator Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson represents York County. Michael Johnson votes Republican on everything in Columbia. He never deviates. He never breaks with his party. Mm. He does it with a very charming smile. He's super handsome guy, dreamy blue eyes, and he looks at you with those eyes and takes away your rights and freedoms. All right. Well, well whereas be, Elizabeth we Inns is more going to kind of like want to own the libs and stuff oh, like my that. Gosh. When we look at David Martin's website, he comes right out and, and says he's Republican for House. Republican. That's like the first word on his, his campaign page. Why is it that we as Democrats don't lead with the word Democrat on our pages and signs? Every Republican candidate that, does, but we can't do the same with our own party affiliation. That will change with this election I run this year. Mm. I'm not going to run from that. The People need to know they've been misserved by the Republicans for 20 years in this state. And I'm coming to fix broken things, which is what I do for a living. Yeah. So I'm, I'm coming to do what I do. And I'm doing it as a Democrat. I'm going to be a proud forward-facing Democrat. I'm not going to run from it. But I don't also see the need in slapping a big D on everything that I Please don't slap your big D on everything. <laughs> but um, I believe Democrats deliver. And I look forward to delivering in 2024. Yeah. So I'm not going to run from that anymore. Yeah. We shouldn't. I don't think we should. I, and I think for me, it's not so, you know, I have this thing. I don't know if you know this. I say this all the time. Bill's probably going to have this as a tagline, but I'm black. And so being, I know I, I catch everybody off guard with that. Um, <laughs> we should update our podcast name. <laughs> I'm say I'm black. Um, but here's my thing about labels. Sometimes it does more harm than good. And as a black person, I've been on the end of the labels doing more harm than good. So I believe wholeheartedly into letting my work speak for me and not so much the label that is given to me speak for me. Every move that I make is a Democratic move. Now, it might not be on a sign, but you can bet your check it's not going to be a Republican move because they don't align with my morals, values, or principles. Correct. But am I am I one because you don't see it on my sign? Am I hiding that I'm a Democrat? No. Nah. You can look at me and tell that I can't go another direction because it's scary over there, and I don't like playing with them. So it's not that. But I would prefer to not have it because here's the thing about what we're running into. So I'm glad you said this. We're running into what we've known before. It's just now becoming a little more evident for lay people is that people that are in office are more committed and more loyal to the party than they are to the people. And so the individuals who lead with Republican, you're more aligned with Republicans in the way your party goes, even in your heart of hearts when you know it ain't right. So can you separate Republican and, and have the, the nerve and, and the bravery to go with a Democratic vote when you know that that's in the best of your constituents. And I don't think they can. And it's because they're bought into the label and the party and they've lost sight of the people. That's an excellent perspective, too. Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying that um, by no means is this like, you know, an all or nothing sort of thing. Yeah. But 
me, I mean, my personality, I'm very bold. I'm a meet him at the gates kind of guy. I lead from the front lines. So I almost feel like the need to like show people, you know, we can like stand and be strong Democrats. You know, I I reject this snowflake bullcrap, you know, that annoys me when I hear that. I'm like, man, I'm no snowflake. I'm like... I run towards a danger. Yeah. If I see a burning building, I'm running in it to save a kitten. Apparently, you're running into a lot of bullets, too, along the so, way. So it's that's sort of my impetus for my action is, yeah. you know, sometimes you just get fed up with things and you're like, man, I'm not representative of that on any level. Yeah, I think I see a wave of more vocal Democrats coming. Yes. I, I think the day of Democrats being perceived as submissive and less than assertive or aggressive, I think those days are done. And I think they're done because we're sick of the crap. And, you know, we represent individuals who are sick of the crap. And so yep. I think you will have the ability to show that you are true and blue in so many different formats that there will be more that join the, the fight to stand out and pop shirts open and say, here's the D that's on my chest. Let's do it. And. I do feel like if we would put some real effort, we need to like hammer, hammer, hammer with media and advertising. We're struggling here. And a lot of the struggles yeah. we have in the state are related to, you know, there's no money. There's no money. There's no money. There's no, well, let's bring in the money. Where's the money? I mean, I hear I got accused of being a Soros backed liberal when I ran. So I was like, I want, I'd, I'd never reply to the negative social media comments. It's just not worth it. But I wanted to say, brother, if I could get Soros down here. I would let him pull that money truck straight up to my garage and I would <laughs> shovel it out because I could run a, a digital campaign. I could run, you know, I could get seven mailers out and That's right. do all the stuff you need money to do. And that's a wrap for this episode of Black, White, and Blue in the South. Matt Villardebo, thank you so yeah, much yeah. for spending time with us today. Do you have any final words you want to leave with anybody who is listening to this episode? Y'all just get out and support your candidates this year. We got to support the Democrats so we can make some real changes in the state. Get How do up. they find you and contribute to your cause? Learn so, more about um, you. I am on social media. Just search for Matt Villardebo, M-A-T-T-V-I-L-A-R-D-E-B-O. Um, right now, my website is parked. That will change. Uh, but there is a website. It is yeah. Matt, Matt V, the, the, the number 4SC.com. And we'll have that link in our show notes. And, and tell Barrett Gruber to get cracking on that website already. Hey, <laughs> He's way behind schedule. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. Please take a quick minute and leave us a rating using your favorite podcast app and a review of what you've heard today. If you do, Matt Villardebo will personally come to your house and fix up anything that fell down on your lawn. He's that type of guy. Four stars on Spotify, baby. (laughs) If you are a blue dot in a red sea, keep the faith, keep up the hard work. Change only happens over many years of work and dedication. Just like the lottery, you got to play to win. So join us in that fight and get involved in any way you can. One way is this Saturday, February 3rd, and vote in the South Carolina First in the Nation presidential Democratic primary. Set aside who you think may or may not win. Don't mess around in that Republican primary a few weeks later thinking you can stop Trump with your vote. No, not in that primary you're not. Show our Democratic voice indeed is strong and help keep us as first in the nation in the future. Hi, this is Bill with a follow-up to today's episode. 
our conversation with Matt Villardebeau continued into several, I would say, rather interesting news items. So if you liked the interview that you heard today, you're in luck. Our conversation with Matt will continue next week into part two. We'll see you then. Do, 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 do. The end.